0: This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 80. Hey guys, support for this week's episode comes from Olympus and their brand new super Instagram friendly camera, the Pen EPL10. I'm guessing most of you have already seen this camera around. It is an Instagram dream. You'll see it in a lot of flat lays because it has this really cute vintage styling. And I know a lot of people love it because it's a great first camera to go to from your smartphone. It still has a lot of familiar features like the touch screen. It's really lightweight. You can just take it with you wherever you go. But having been shooting with it for the last few weeks, actually, I was pleasantly surprised with just how much serious camera there is in there too. You get a great range of interchangeable lenses, the auto mode is great, but you have all the functionality of manual mode, aperture priority, so you can really start playing around with those things as you develop your skill set. I'm going to link in the show notes to some of the images I've been taking with it, so you can just get an idea of what it's capable of. There's also a blog post on my site where I compare iPhone images side by side with images I've taken with the pen, just to show the difference in the capabilities. Olympus are offering everybody who's listening to this 20% off in their online web shop with the discount code SARA20. Now remember, I don't have a H, so that's S-A-R-A-20. And you need to head to shop.olympus.eu or you can find all of the links in the show notes. I'll make sure it's all clickable so you can just hop on over. Okay, so hey guys, how's it going? Things here have been good. Uh, As you listen to this, it will be the first launch day for 15 Minute Magic, my new program. And I've had a crazy few weeks getting everything ready, building up to that launch day. So I'm really looking forward to December. I know it's such a hectic month for so many of us. So I've really deliberately kept my work commitments lighter this year. Finally, I'm learning. And the main thing I'm going to be working on is actually just the workbook for 15 Minute Magic. I'm going to be hands-on designing some of the pages and spreads myself instead of outsourcing it all to a graphic designer. Even though it's not my best skill set, I really want to learn. And also, I'm just one of those people like I have to... Do it in order to know how it needs to be. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. I love a creative challenge. And what's the point in having your own business if you don't get to choose your own challenges and adventures along the way? So this week's topic, I think I'm going to be calling it why you need more than Instagram. And you guys know how much I love Instagram. I love it. It changed my life and it's always going to be for me, I think, at the heart and soul of everything I teach and of my business. Just because it is such an amazing playground for connection and for creativity and for meeting potentially millions of people for free without leaving the house. And it's also my very favourite place to go whenever I want to learn about what my audience need, what the problems they're facing are, how to write engaging captions, how to make images that are going to grab people's attention and speak to people. And all about what works and what doesn't and how to build a brand. I don't think there's many platforms out there that can beat Instagram for that package deal. But one thing that I've noticed increasingly in conversations with my Insta retreat students and in just general conversations I'm having with the rest of you, over the last few years, it seems like we've started to build this sense that Instagram is the be all and end all. if your Instagram isn't growing or your Instagram isn't succeeding then your business or your work can't succeed and the effect of that is people are putting all of their time and their energy and their hopes and their resources into growing their Instagram and just ignoring all the other platforms that could be equally maybe even more important for their work or their business so I wanted to talk a bit today about the role that I believe Instagram can and probably should play in our working lives. And I'm going to be talking about it like you have a business, but of course, if you're listening to this and you're a blogger or you're a creator and you're not necessarily making money from your work, don't think that this doesn't apply to you. You just kind of need to switch it out. So whenever I talk about a business, just think about your own creative work where you and your work, are the product, and maybe your audience and your following are the customers. Essentially, it's all the same. It's the same things that we need to be doing. So it's all still relevant. So something I talk a lot about, especially in the weekly lives with my Insta Retreat students, is how Instagram is a step on the path. So for a lot of people, it's that first step. It's a discovery tool, the first place where people might find your products or your work or your message. Instagram for a lot of us is the first place where people are going to engage with our work. But it's not usually, at least for most people, the place where we make the bulk of our sales in our business. Now, the shoppable tags are coming in and changing that a little bit for product-based businesses. But for most people, and it's especially true if you have a premium product or just a more expensive product, then your customers probably aren't just going to hop on Instagram over their morning toast just before the school run and drop a few hundred quid right there and then on a whim, right? I think... Most of us, we kind of know that intuitively because that's not how we decide ourselves to make those big purchases. And I say that because I want to encourage you to stop and actually think like this more often. If there's one thing that I think we can all start doing more of to improve our marketing and our messaging, it's pay attention to our own buying and following and consumption habits. So whenever I'm on social media, especially if I'm making a purchase, I try and almost sit outside of my brain And watch with that sense of curiosity, really try and spot the factors that are influencing my decisions and how I'm navigating that sales path. So, for example, just recently, actually, I signed up for some fairly expensive coaching training and it took me a good while from that first discovery point to getting to the place where I was ready to make that investment in the product, like maybe a course of a couple of months And thinking about this process, it was sort of one of the inspirations for making this podcast because that coaching package that I've bought that is so in tune with me and my work and the things that I want to be hitting in my business, I didn't discover that on Instagram. In fact, no point of my buying pathway of my decision to buy that product came about via Instagram. I had no contact with the creator on Instagram at all, which means if that teacher had been putting all of her efforts and energy into Instagram... Potentially, I might never have even found her and invested in her work. It's a pattern that I see playing out for so many people, because if you are only ever focusing on building your Instagram and never looking at all those other steps on your path, like your website and your newsletter and all the other places that people might have those important points of contact with you, the other places where you might be discovered, then you're going to be missing out on a lot of opportunities for sales. You're essentially getting people onto the first step of your path and then leaving them to find their own way across mud and grass and maybe a pond until they figure out the way to your front door. And sure, some people are going to be determined and they're going to make it to you regardless. But a lot of people are going to get lost in the bushes en route and get wet feet and go home. And plus, in the meantime, you're kind of missing out on all the other opportunities For contact with different people who maybe don't frequent Instagram or don't move in the same Instagram circles that mean they're going to see your work. Now I can hear you. I actually feel like I can literally hear some of you shaking your heads and shouting at me that you don't have time for more platforms and you don't want to be spending more time on social media. And I get that. But this isn't about spending more time. What I'm saying is let's not put all of our time and eggs into only one social media basket because when our time is limited, which if anyone listening is a human, I'm going to assume that it probably is, then it's more important than ever that we use it mindfully and to the greatest possible effect. Because here's the thing, if Instagram is working for you, then you shouldn't need to be spending all of your time and energy there. Like once you're up and running, and this is so much of what I teach in the Insta retreat, once you've established yourself and you know what you're doing, it should be a small daily task to maintain. And if Instagram isn't working for you and isn't driving business your way, then is it the right place for you to be spending all of your time and energy right now when other places might be? So either way, it kind of doesn't make a lot of logical sense, I don't think, for Instagram to be our sole and biggest focus. As I'm sure lots of you already know, Instagram just this week, in fact, have started to roll out hiding like counts here in the UK. And I know it's already been happening in places, uh, Canada and Australia and I think Japan, you guys have had it for a while. The US has got it now. I think this is the perfect opportunity for anyone who has been too focused on Instagram, on the Instagram metrics and the ideas of Instagram success to move beyond that to stop thinking about how well that one post performs, how well we're doing in comparison to everyone else on Instagram, and instead start to play the long game again a bit more. So let's think about a typical customer pathway. And I'm sure most of you have already heard the old marketing adage. I actually don't know where it came from, but it feels like it's one of those 80s, 90s marketing book strategies. But it's the idea that Customers generally will need around seven touch points with you before they'll be ready to buy. And a touch point, just so that we are all clear, is any point of contact where your customer gets to see you and your work in a positive light. So it could be a magazine mention, or it could be seeing your product on a friend's shelf when they go over to their house. But a lot of the time, and the biggest one that we have control over, is going to be the times that they see us on social media. So, of course, Instagram is one of those really important touch points. If you can get somebody to follow you or to be regularly seeing your posts on things like Explore, all the things that we do in the Insta Retreat then those points of contact start to build up. And that is a really valuable thing. If you can get influencers or customers or friends sharing your work as well, then you're widening that circle and you're establishing all of those initial points of contact in lots of new people's minds. But if you're relying on only one platform to make the next six of those touch points or to cover all seven of them, it's putting an awful lot of pressure on one app and on yourself. I think it's no wonder when you think of it this way that so many people find Instagram is making them stressed out and anxious and depressed because we are setting the stakes so high. So I would love you to stop for a moment now and maybe just think about where your customers get to have those moments of contact with you and with your work. Where do you think that they first find you? Where else might they be spotting you along the way? Now, none of this is a perfect science. Uh, I certainly don't have it nailed. And yet, here are the places where you might come across me. There's this podcast. And there's also another podcast that I co-host every fortnight with Jen Carrington, uh, Letters from a Hopeful Creative. You also might find me by Googling a topic specifically around something like Instagram or creativity, which would take you to my blog, where you could read something I've written, hopefully get some great value. You might join my email list and then you would get my monthly hashtag emails in your inbox. or you might find me and follow me on Instagram and see my grid post there and see my stories. You might see my book on a friend's Instagram page or in a bookshop or Amazon might pop it up as a recommendation to you. And you might hear me talking on the radio or included in a newspaper feature or talking as a guest on another podcast you listen to. Plus, you can see me on Twitter. You might be joining in with my monthly Instagram Twitter chat. There's places like Pinterest and Tumblr where my work gets shared a lot. And even on YouTube, which is not my strength video, is just not my comfort zone. But still there, I know I have a couple of good, really solid videos that help people understand my work and drive them back to my site. So that's quite broad, I think. And I do tend to have a bit of a scattergun approach to these types of things. You could be much more clear and defined if that's more your approach and set out that path more intentionally. In fact, in one of Jen Carrington's recent newsletters, she had this wonderful analogy where she talked about business owners living on our own little islands and how in order for our customers to reach us, we have to build bridges to the mainland so that people can come and access our work. And what I love about this metaphor, simile, metaphor, (laughs) is that it helps us see Instagram more objectively because it's just one bridge. It might be the main bridge. It might be the one that carries the bulk of the traffic to your island, and that's fine. That's probably true for a lot of us. It's definitely true for me. But if that bridge breaks down, you don't want to be left with no way on and off your island for anyone. In fact, it's probably like a fire hazard. (laughs) It's probably illegal. And the whole point of that sale funnel analogy, which I know for so many of us has kind of come to feel like almost a dirty word in the age of webinars and really pushy sales techniques. But the whole point of the funnel was the shape. It starts wide at the top and then it narrows down because you're filtering people through. You cast a big net and then gradually draw people down to the place where they're ready to buy. If you're only using one platform and only building that one bridge, you're essentially starting at the bottom of the funnel or casting a tiny Barbie's Malibu fishing net. What I see for most people is that actually you've already done this, you've set up all of these other channels and you've had the best of intentions, but then life gets in the way and they all kind of dry up and fall silent. And I totally get that because stuff has to slide. It is so hard to be consistently great at all the things that we know are important in our work and our businesses. But I would just like to gently encourage you to consider revisiting some of them, these small buildable steps, because they reap rewards so much greater from the sum of their parts. It's something that just takes a few minutes a day, but it can bring in hundreds of new subscribers and followers and customers and sales. And this is why, for those of you who are going to be joining me in 15 Minute Magic, you'll see that we do a lot of these really seemingly quite small things week on week on week. I sort of think of it as being a little bit like brushing your teeth. Maybe this is because I have a six-year-old and we're having these conversations a lot at the moment. But I always think you could just skip that for today. You know, when you're tired, you could just go, you know, I'm not going to brush my teeth. And providing you've got no kissing planned, probably nothing bad would happen. But we do know that if we kept on skipping it, if we skipped it again the next morning and the night after that very quickly things would start to deteriorate. And yet if we commit to it, if we keep doing that really small, seemingly inconsequential act day after day after day, then it adds up to something way bigger and way more significant than the act of just picking up that brush for three minutes. And it's sort of an investment in our future selves. It's an act of belief in our future selves. And I think that that's one of the reasons it gets so difficult for so many of us. And there's no deadlines on this stuff, right? It's so easy to push it back and say, I'll do it tomorrow. Because unlike with dental hygiene, the rot's not going to set in if you just don't remember to post on social media in the next 24 hours. So for anyone listening to this who's maybe feeling a creeping sense of overwhelm, I want to talk about how a cohesive strategy across a range of different platforms looks from the point of a creator. And this is where, this is, this is my happy place because it is so beautifully simple. All you need to do is know your audience. You need to be creating the best content you can in response to that audience. And you will need some really good imagery in there to help get your message across. And if you start there instead of start with a platform, it just becomes a practice of slotting it into the right places and formatting it in the best way so that it's going to get your message across in the right way. Okay, so I want to do a side note here on images, because if you've read my book, if you've taken any of my classes, you probably already know that I always bring it back to the pictures. And this is such a huge part of why for me. Because what we can say with a single image would take somebody maybe three or four minutes to read a description of. A picture speaks a thousand words, right? But nobody reads a thousand words anymore. This is the digital age, unless... You have already caught their attention somehow. Nobody is going to stop and read a thousand words on the page from you. And the picture is the thing you have that makes them stop and listen. Some of you might already know, I used to work in the NHS in pediatric speech therapy. And a lot of my client base couldn't communicate at all verbally. So they had no words. That was because of physical or intellectual disabilities that meant it was just never going to be possible for them. So my role, I would teach them sign language or I'd get them set up with really specialist electronic communication aids. But for our backup, for the thing that we always taught alongside everything else was symbols and pictures. Because symbols and pictures are universal. They can communicate anything and they always work. Think about emojis, they're so powerful because they can add to a text message or to an email the thing that words alone can't convey. And I think they're pretty universal, they're getting there in terms of representation. But even more significantly, a picture says the same thing to everybody that sees it, regardless of literacy or language or education or learning difficulties or just how noisy the world and everything else around you is right then. If I show you a picture of a cat, you're going to think the word cat in your head, no matter what else you're trying to do. Basically, pictures are the closest thing we have to mind control. (laughs) So as humans, we will always come back to pictures, I think. And sure, for some people, photos might not be the thing. There are people making amazing presences for themselves in different ways through video, through quotes, through writing, but for the vast majority of us and especially for the people I speak to through this podcast, in my classes, pictures are going to be the thing. Like if you think about when you go on Pinterest or when you look at a rack of magazines, what's the first thing that catches your eye? What's the first thing that makes you decide whether to take a closer look or not? I'm guessing even if you're looking at a list or a graphic on Pinterest, it's still the picture that sets the tone and tells you the background story. Now, the landscape for this has changed a bit because you can buy some really amazing stock photography now that's shot by just incredibly talented photographers and curated really beautifully together too. And I definitely say if you are super time poor or if you need to get something out quickly, these can be a really good option. But I know it is so much harder to build a cohesive brand when you don't take your own pictures for your business, whatever that looks like. Because everything about how you style them and edit them, the colors and the light, how you see the world, what you want to say, all of that comes together to make up your visual identity. And you know that way, you've definitely heard me say this before in interviews, but when you meet somebody who you've only previously known on Instagram and then you meet in real life and they are exactly who you expected them to be. And that shouldn't be the case because all you've maybe seen from them is this tiny view into these curated, stylized, edited squares of their life. But you meet people off Instagram and they are exactly who you knew they would be. That is the power of visual identity. I think there's just some sort of magic in it that someone needs to study. So Jen, I mentioned earlier, I was talking to her the other day about my printable prompts for 15 Minute Magic which I will try and remember to tell you about at the end. Don't let me forget, because I think that they would be valuable to a lot of you. So I'd made these printable prompts. And then, of course, I realized that my printer was out of ink. Standard, right? So I had to order them to be printed online, which if you don't know about, there's these websites where you can just pay for your documents to be printed and mailed to you. If anyone like me is just emotionally scarred by their experiences with printers never working, it is a really great way to just get things done and get them through the letterbox instead of procrastinating printing something out for two weeks. So I ordered the printouts from this website. They were going to take a couple of days to come, but I wanted to get a Pinterest ad. I wanted to experiment with the Pinterest ad and I wanted to get it up that day. So I bought one of those mock-ups. I don't know if you guys know about these, but on websites like Creative Market, you buy a mock-up and then you just drop in your own artwork and it looks like a photograph with your own printouts on the table. It was a really beautiful one. It was really convincing. I was able to make it all in my own brand colours. It had like a botanical shadow. Really nice. Happy with it. Put it on the Pinterest ad. Got it out there. Then a few days later, my printouts arrived and I cut them up, plunked them on my table, took my own kind of picture of them in my own style. So what Jen and I were talking about was the difference between those two pictures. The one that is stylized and made by somebody else and the one that has my hands in it my coffee cup in it on my kitchen table and you guys if you follow me on instagram you know my kitchen table you've probably seen the last five years of my life unfold in a series of messy scenes on that kitchen table so this picture the second one is visually me and having now run both of those pinterest ads with the same keyword same everything The one with my own picture is massively outperforming that beautiful mock-up version that went first. And this bit's harder for me to prove, but I would put money on betting that the people who are finding me through that image, the one that reflects me and my life and my imagery, are going to be better aligned to me and my work and the way that I teach and deliver my messages. Because if you were somebody who likes a rustic kitchen table and a slightly messy stack of cards and a cup of coffee that's maybe spilled a little bit on the side, then you're probably okay with imperfection, your own, mine, everybody else's. You're probably somebody who shares a similar worldview to me. You might have similar taste to me. And the comparison here I always have in my head is I have a neighbor who is... She's always immaculate, her house is always like a show home, her hair is always in a perfect shiny bob that never seems to go out of shape, her car is always clean inside and out, her child never seems to have like crazy tangles in her hair. And when I think about her seeing that image, I can imagine that she would look at it and go, hmm, not for me, and keep scrolling by. And I think sometimes we think it sounds scary, the idea of repelling our wrong clients, especially if we're feeling like we're in a place of scarcity. But it is so much better to help people self-select than it is to have people buy from you and then be disappointed because you're exactly who you always were. That, I think, is the power of visual identity. And it's why so many of us have fallen in love with Instagram. It's why so many of us have made it our main place, our chosen social media home. And that's why I will always come back to helping people create their own images in whatever way that needs to look like for you. And yes, I know it can take a bit more time, but by the way, it doesn't have to. So none of the photos you see on my blog or my Instagram, I don't think any of them have ever taken me any more than three or four minutes to take because that is the extent of my attention span. And it's so powerful because if you can take your own pictures, you can tailor make imagery that is going to be viral. It's going to be irresistible to the right people who you want to speak to. Did any of you see the picture I did last year of my car? I have a cute vintage looking car and it had my Christmas tree on top with fairy lights. And I know what you're thinking, but even that one didn't take more than three or four minutes to take because it was so cold and I couldn't even feel my hands when I was holding the camera. But that was my most shared and liked and commented and saved viral photo ever. It was shared by some really huge businesses like Elle magazine, like Cezanne. And it's still now my biggest Pinterest post as we head into December without me having to do anything to make that happen. It brought me so many new followers and so much of a boost in the algorithm on Instagram so that the people who were already following me started to see more of my posts. And it cost me nothing. I was buying that Christmas tree anyway. So literally nothing except a bit of my time and some very cold fingers and toes. So if you're building anything and you're not investing in your image creation... I think maybe it's worth adding it to your list for 2020. And I know it can feel scary and overwhelming, but it honestly doesn't have to be. In fact, one of the reasons I was so happy to work with Olympus to sponsor this episode and some of my other upcoming content with their new pen camera is because I know it is the perfect piece of kit for anyone who wants to up their photography game and just doesn't know where to start. There is so many amazing resources online to help you learn. Paid ones, free ones, some amazing books on Amazon including mine. Uh, (laughs) So it doesn't have to be overwhelming and it doesn't have to be a huge time suck. Human responsiveness to imagery is just not going to go anywhere and I know that the perfect place to hone those picture skills is Instagram for sure. You get the feedback and like my picture with the car, you get to know by your audience's response and by how the algorithm treats your content, what works, what's topical what your audience is engaging with, what they want to hear more about from you. But then, once you've done all of that, you need to get it off Instagram. If you make a great photo for Instagram and use it nowhere else, then I think it's an outrageous waste of your time and resources. Let's think about all the other places that those pictures could be representing you and your work. So your blog, Pinterest, Medium, Reddit, Tumblr, Twitter, your newsletters, your webshop, in newspapers, in magazines, in local advertising. And if you write an Instagram story or a caption that blows up and really resonates, where else are you taking that conversation? Could that be a blog post or a newsletter subject or a podcast or a magazine pitch? As someone who gets a lot of podcast pitches every day, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it when someone has already done their research like that, knowing that a topic is resonating with people in advance. It's such a beautiful and powerful thing. And yet I see so many of these precious moments going to waste because people never take them any further than Instagram. All of this, of course, is just repurposing content, which is nothing new. But I think a lot of the time what we've seen is that really lazy repurposing of content. You know, when people have a Twitter or a Facebook and it's just populated automatically by something like ift. If this, then that, which is a great website. Like it's a really valuable tool if you want to automatically carry across your posts from Instagram to somewhere like Twitter or Pinterest. But it's not enough on its own. And the reason that this happened is because for a while there, I think all you did need was Instagram. Like back in its absolute heyday, it really was so powerful That it made everybody abandon their blogs. No one commented on blogs anymore. All of that communication and conversation moved over to Instagram. So we all started concentrating our time, effort and energy there. Sometimes reluctantly, a lot of people were really sad about the fact that their blog traffic was down, but it made good business sense. But now that it's changed again, and all those other places that we cultivated need to be brought back, I think we're being slower to respond. What I really want for us all is to have that sense of community again outside of any single social network so that instead they all just become tools that we use to connect, but the relationships are at the core. Mindfully repurposing our content means not assuming that every piece of content is going to be right for every platform, but tailoring what we share with each platform in mind. So this podcast would be way too long for anyone to ever get through as a blog post or an Instagram caption, but it might work as a video if I was somewhat less grimly awkward when trying to talk to camera. Or it could be turned into bullet points or a listicle or an infographic and made more shareable in different platforms. The thing is, I don't think Instagram is going anywhere, but I do know that organic reach is down for everyone across the board. That's not just on Instagram. That's everywhere. So the multiple places thing here is really key because that's how you stay visible and keep up those touch points of contact. It's harder than ever to reach your audience's Even in inboxes, even with paid ads on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Facebook. So of course, it's not going to be enough to just put up one Instagram post and a story and expect everyone's going to know about your new thing. They probably won't even see it. The very best way that I know of to create a thriving and a responsive business that is going to be safe against whatever changes all of these platforms might roll out next is not to put all of our eggs in that one social media basket. And I cannot tell you the value and all the incredible lessons I've learned by spreading myself out, by comparing what works in different arenas and conducting that continuous market research and audience analysis and just getting out there and talking to people. And I hope none of this sounds glib. I know that all of this is a long game, but it's also a game that's actually really easy to win at. It's just a numbers game. For once, this isn't about who has the huge thousands and thousands of dollar budget to drop on facebook ads it's not about having the most professional film crew it's not about having the most professional photography it's just about who is listening to their audience who is responsive to what their followers and their customers are telling them through their actions through their likes through their comments is valuable who is showing up and using that information strategically and consistently to turn it into something bigger People think that these platforms don't matter anymore and I'll hold my hands up. I think I've probably contributed to that because my passion and my teaching has always been so centered around Instagram because it is so important. It's where all of it starts for most of us, but it's not where it ends. So if you've listened this far and you would like to maybe start taking more action like this in your business, I would say go and make a list right now of all the places that you think your customers might be hanging out online. Not just the places in your comfort zone, not just the places you're familiar with. And if you're not sure, ask your audience. Ask on Instagram, ask on stories, get people to tell you what else they do online. And then look at that pathway. See how many bits of paving you've got in there. If somebody discovers you on Instagram, say, where do you take them next? And what about if they find you on Twitter? What if they find you on Pinterest? You get the idea. You want to make sure that you're putting the same effort and energy into every single step of that path and not just to that first Instagram one. And that doesn't mean that you need to quadruple your workload. It means we need to spread ourselves more evenly across all of the places that are going to be valuable to us and our audiences. If you want a bit more structure, you can grab those free principal prompt cards I mentioned earlier. They have some really specific tasks and ideas that you can use to get you started, and they'll all only take 15 minutes each. There's 12 of them at the moment. My plan is to release a new 12 every few months. So if you stay on the email list, eventually you'll build up a whole stack of them over the course of a year. Just this last week, I've been road testing both the free ones and some of the ones that are included in the paid for 15 minute magic program because I really wanted to check out that they can be done (laughs) in the time limit and just test out how it's going to feel for people on the receiving end. And from just one prompt, one card that I turned over and decided to honor that morning, I posted to Twitter a picture with a quippy caption. And that one tweet has had me featured in four major news publications, national news news publications, from a tweet that took me less than a minute to write. That's not because I'm special. That's not because I have it any easier than you or I'm doing anything that you can't do. It's because I've been making all of those small steps of incremental progress. I've been daily brushing my teeth and it means that big things can happen from those small actions. So if you do want to brush your business teeth with me, I think that must be a whole new sentence no one's ever said before. Then you can go and grab those free cards. They're at meandola.co.uk forward slash magic. That's M-E-A-N-D-O-R-L-A dot co.uk forward slash magic. And what I would do is set an alarm for every workday when you know you're going to be already sat at your desk. Have a reminder that comes up that says 15 minute magic. And when the alarm goes off, you pick a random card. You don't cheat and just choose an easy one that you want to do. You just pick one and then you take 15 minutes of action, even if it's uncomfortable, which spoiler alert, sometimes it will be because growth is uncomfortable. There's a quote I really love from Brooke Castillo, where she says, discomfort is the currency for your dreams, because of course it is. Nobody ever did anything amazing by staying in bed and doing all the things that they've always done before, but they might have had a nice time doing that. If you want to dig even deeper into all of these elements of your business with me and have a bit more support, you can join me for the full 15-minute magic program. It's enrolling from today at that same address, meandorla.co.uk forward slash magic. I would so love to have you join me in making 2020 an amazing year for your business. I really hope that this episode has been helpful for some of you. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you incorporate the other platforms into your business and what role you think Instagram plays for you. And again, I want to say a huge thank you to my episode sponsor this week, Olympus. The new Pen 10 is out this week. And if you head to their web shop, remember to use my code Sarah20 to get your 20% off. Plus, at the moment, they are actually giving away a free 45mm portrait lens with every Pen 10 purchase. Which means you can get this exact same kit that I've been shooting with, the one you'll have seen on my blog and Instagram, for £520. Hello, Santa! I hope you're listening. Thank you everyone for tuning in and I will see you next time.